What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators literally all over the world. We talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education so we can all simply be better for kids and the colleagues we work with. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by me. (laughs) I'm the sponsor today. The best way to support the podcast is pick up one of my books, Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, or Teachers Deserve It. They are all available on Amazon, as you can imagine, or wherever books are sold. And if you'd rather listen to the words than read them, Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. And if your organization, your school, your district, county, service unit, conference, or company is having an event and looking for a high-energy, relevant, relatable, fun, down-to-earth speaker that just keeps it real and really connects with the audience, reach out directly so we can talk about your event and schedule something amazing for your team. You know, people ask me all the time, like, what do you do for work? And I say, oh, I'm a speaker, but I really feel that I am a teacher still. I just have different students and they happen to be adults and they are all over the country. I've given well over 300 keynotes all across North America with breakout sessions, coaching, leadership strands, and I would just love to work with you. It is early October. I'm already booking a ton of events for early 2023, summer of 2023, which is like my busiest time of year. I'm already booking August of 2024. So uh, don't wait, Adam, welcome at gmail.com or Mr. Adam, welcome for more information about speaking and also my other podcasts and blog. All right. My guest for today is Dr. Carla Pena. She's an elementary principal in Laredo, Texas. And uh, Carla has been someone that I have been uh, connected with on Twitter for a while. And I felt like she was always just kind of coming across my Twitter feed. And I uh, I reached out and we had an awesome, awesome conversation. School is like 15 feet from the Rio Grande River, which means it's like that far from Mexico. And uh, she has just some really awesome stories about her school. And you can just tell her passion and mojo for education is uh, absolutely awesome. Be sure to follow Carla on Twitter. It's kind of a long one. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. K-V-A-L-L-A-R-T-A and then Pena and then the number 44. It's Dr. Carla Pena. Thanks for being here and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Dr. Carla Pena, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I feel like for a while, you've just been coming across my Twitter feed. Um, and I was like, I gotta reach out to Carla and uh, and see what's going on. Make sure you are following Carla on Twitter. Go to Twitter right now. It's K-V-A-L-L-A-R-T-A-Pena44. Don't worry, everyone. I'm gonna link it in the show notes as well too. It's a little, kind of a long Twitter handle, Carla, but uh, I'll link it down below too so uh, everybody can make sure that they connect with you. But for the people out there that don't know who you are, just kind of introduce yourself and give us a little background. Well, um, good afternoon, everybody. I am Dr. Carla Araceli Peña. I know it's a long Twitter handle, but so is my name. 
a Mexican, so it's like a novella name. If anybody ever sees novelas, it's just we have like three or four different names. Um, I am a principal at Anita Bovalina Elementary School in Laredo, Texas, which is a border town. We sit right at the border of the border. I don't think there is any elementary more south than us because we're 15 feet from the Rio Grande. Um, we, this is my fourth year here. I'm very proud to have been here for four years. We are under construction, so we're currently separated, but we are hoping to open a $15 million two-floor campus this year. So we are very excited about that. And um, uh, well, my background has been in bilingual education since I have been a bilingual student, a bilingual teacher, a ESL teacher, an assistant principal, and now a principal. Yeah, I love that. I've done some work in El Centro, California, California and they're like there's a school that's literally like a block and a half or two blocks from the border but I think I think that 15 feet is the um, is the closest I've ever heard and before the show you were talking you have students that go to your school in the United States but they live in Mexico I mean talk about that and how that works okay well um, we call those students transnational students and not necessarily that they live the whole time on the Mexican side because they do have to have a US address, but what they do many of the times is that their permanent address might be on the Mexican side and they rent over here because they're US citizens. So they they might stay here like most of the week and then either cross daily depending or cross maybe every other weekend or during the weekend depending. It also depends on, on the family of those students because many of the times they might have um, a US citizen parent but a Mexican citizen parent so then one parent doesn't cross while the other one does so it's it's, it's just I guess a unique scenario for our community and it is common here might not be as common in the rest of the state yeah I was in um, Montana yesterday speaking at a conference and uh, yeah there's none of that happening there so I just love that when you hear those kind of like unique things happening around our country and I think at the core just uh, you know saying thanks to all the educators in public schools and just just serving kids and just being there for kids because that's just the most uh, the most important thing Carla what do you see as the biggest challenge right now in education well, I think uh, the biggest challenge now and since ever has been equity. Um, you know, different needs is just like the conversation we're having right now about the different areas of the state, even the country. Uh, we have different needs, like the needs of our students might be different than the students, you know, a couple of cities up north. So I think equity would be one of those challenges. And it, it is really up to us as educators to find how to meet those challenges and how to meet those needs. Um, because like I said, my the, the needs of my students are very different than the needs of other students. So I have to be innovative and we, our teachers have to be very innovative as to how we're going to meet those challenges because yeah. they're all different. 
Yeah, no, for sure. So like, what if the president called you or like the secretary of education and they said, you know, we want to come down and we want to visit or we want you to come to Washington and we want you to be uh, the coordinator of the or director of equity for all, all schools across the country. What do you think would be some some first steps to say, OK, here are some things that we could do or or like what, what would you do just to kind of try to help solve help solve that for schools? You know, I think the first thing that I would do is involve people because um, if you only focus and if your focus group is just mainly from big cities, let's say um, region one, which is the, the region where we serve at, it's all across the valley, which is a lot of border towns. And we are really some of the top schools in the nation because we serve, uh, you know, our, our demographics are, are very different. Like what is a minority to the rest of the country is definitely not a minority here where we're a majority. So we know what we need and how to fix it. I think we, we, we already have that background as to how to get and, and, and close that equity gap. But if we are not included, on the top decisions made by you know our state or government and our nation, then that I think is what creates a bigger gap. So representation, I would say. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. You know, having conversations that that's been a common theme on this podcast. Like people go out and do a listening tour. These people that are, you know, our politicians that are making decisions go out. Uh, visit with educators, talk to students, talk to parents, and actually see see what those needs are. So, how did you get into educational leadership, starting as a teacher, and then what made you kind of decide? All right, I want to go down this route, being a system principal, now a principal. Kind of what was the catalyst for that? Well, funny story. I actually did not want to be an educator. Uh, I come from a family <laughs> of educators, so so my 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 great grandmother and grandfather they had fourteen children, and out of the yeah my big Mexican families, and out of those 14, 12 are teachers and principals. So wow. they were like, you know, you should, and I'm like, no, I don't want to, um, but um, they convinced me to try it. In my my idea was let me just try it one year because my my degree is actually in business. And uh, so I started teaching mathematics and I fell in love with it. You know, maybe it was meant to be. And my family still makes fun of me up to this day uh, because once I started looking at how education can transform a community, especially for people that look like me, you know, and that's, I think the major driving factor that, that, that pushed me towards leadership because, um, here, like I said, we are a majority. Like when you, when you serve a campus of 100% Hispanic students, they do not know they're a minority. And I like that because they, they can see themselves. They have teachers that look like them. They have principals that look like them. They have superintendents that look like them. So, so they don't see it until they're out of the community. And that representation is just that powerful. So that's why I grew up in Houston, Texas, which was not like the community where I live at now. And I think that's one of the major needs in education. So that's what that, that kind of propelled me into, into leadership. And you know, speaking our truth, speaking our stories out there and um, just pushing through. So one day, I, right now I'm, I'm completing my, my superintendency uh, certification so one day i hope to hopefully serve um serve and represent 
communities that that need us. I don't think you need to hope, Carla, that is going to happen to you after only talking for about 15 minutes. I know you will be a superintendent someday. I'm kind of still stuck on, though, like 14 kids and 12 of them were educators. That I mean, that's got to be a record. My, my one dad politician was politician and one doctor. They all oh, have my gosh, 14 kids and 12 edu educators. That is awesome. So fast forward to the end of this of this school year right now. And how will you define success for your school? You know, it's it's May, it's June, school's over, and you're like, we were successful because this. Like, what is that for you? Okay, um, that's an interesting that's an interesting topic. Um, I think we would be successful when we have overcome all the obstacles. So you know, like I said, we are in a, a bit different situation, a very unique situation, uh, especially because we're under construction. So we are separated right now into three different campuses. And it's difficult to try to keep a school community together when you have like, if I have to do a walkthrough, I have to drive, you know, to go look at the, at the different grade levels and so on and so forth. So a successful year for us this year would look a completed campus, and that continued excellence in academics because we have been an A campus for the past, I wanna say six years. It hasn't been always like this. We were actually IR a, a while back because, you know, and, and the principal that served before me, she did a great job so much that we're a blue ribbon campus. And then that continued success needs to translate until the next year. So, so that's what it's gonna look like. We're gonna be an A campus. We're gonna get our six distinctions, and we're gonna be under one roof. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And blue ribbon, blue ribbon is no joke. That is like a long term, you know, goal that like a school has to go for. So you know, if you see a blue ribbon school, they're uh, they're doing awesome things for many many years, not just that like one year, right. many many years. Carla, when do you ask for help? You got something going on and you're not sure. I feel like some people kind of wait and wait and wait and wait and other people maybe ask for help like too soon, maybe. Like, like what's that process for you? Um, I ask for help when I know that I need the help. Hmm. Like if I have looked at all my different possibilities and I cannot find the answer, I will ask for help. I have no problem doing that at any point. And uh, I'm a talker. I've always been a talker. So I, I think I have a very good communication with all the different areas of the school district I serve with. So whenever I need help, they know that I'm calling them because I need help. Yeah, I think that's a good point, though, because I think if you call too much, too often, too soon, it's like that old story about the boy who cried wolf. But when you call, if Carla's on the phone, like we know that there's something going on and she needs help. So I think that's an important thing to think about. How do you plan your day as a principal? Do you plan the night before, the morning of? And then how do you prioritize your day? Because we know like, oh, my, my calendar's all set for today. And then nine o'clock things are happening and then your kind of your schedule goes out the window. So how do you plan your days and how do you prioritize those days once you're in them? Um, I have a routine. I'm also very organized. I have like a magnetic calendar that I did. Like, let me just try to show you here. So I have that going on. I have online calendars. I have, I'm very techie as well. 
So I get notifications. These are, you know, priority number one for today. You have this meeting, you have this going on. Um, but if it is a usual day with nothing that has a priority, like if I have construction calling me in for a meeting on progress for the campus, I have to do that. You know, it, it, it just depends on, on, on what type of, the, or, or what type of agenda I have for the day. So those will take priorities. But if it is a normal day, I do have like a system. So for example, since I'm in three different campuses, I already know that there are certain days that I have to start with the lower grade levels because those are the days that I want to observe maybe like the language arts area and to see that it's been, you know, at the level that we need to for tables and all the different things. And then the next day, then maybe I'll go ahead and visit the second grade campus, which is a different campus. And then if my upper grades are right here with me on the construction site, so it's, it's organized in a way that it works. And then I also am big on 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 I'm big on collaboration. Like there's no way I'm gonna be able to handle everything. There's just no way. So the way that I did or we did the planning at the beginning of the school year is we created a leadership team. And then from that leadership team, we separated like, okay, my instructional specialist is gonna be with the lower grades. You're gonna go ahead and take care of all the lower grade needs. I have to oversee everything, but we have a system. So that helped out a lot. Um, our schedules are fully online. We're a Google campus. So you go and you, there's like a one-stop shop for the whole campus. Since we're separated, that's the best way. So any teacher, new teacher, teacher aides, they have all the schedules of all the different three areas at one stop. I don't know how any organization, especially a school, doesn't operate with a Google calendar. I just don't get that because it's definitely life changing. You're, you keep talking about construction and I just had this memory. I took over my first school as a principal and they handed me a hard hat and I'm like, what is this for? Oh, we have construction happening this summer. And there was like a solar panel project and these contractors are asking me questions and you know, like you don't know, I didn't learn this, but it's really good decision-making practice. Cause you just get, you know, you ask questions, you make sure people are on the same page, you kind of get consensus and then you kind of you kind of go from there. Carla, what are some qualities that you remember from your favorite leaders throughout your career? Um, well, my, I've had several, but my favorite leader, which was my last principal, the one that trained me and, and you know, she's still a very good friend to me, even up to this day. It's funny because we usually call each other in the afternoon, sometimes just to vent. Because if you have that support system, man, it makes this job a lot. I, I don't want to say better. It is not. It's just. It's just different when you have somebody there that understands what you're going through. Um, so I would say the thing that I admire from her the most is just the way that she builds relationship with people. You know, she's very good at relationships. Yeah, relationships. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, no, I think there's so many qualities. And I think, you know, talking to people over the years, they're like, say, oh, this or that, but so much of it starts with having relationships and having that connection um, with people. How do you like when you're not at work, or you've had a tough day at work, or there's a lot of things on your mind, you know, what do you do to kind of regroup or forget those things? Uh, you know, de-stress, however you want to call it. I feel a lot of principals that I talk to all over the country, they don't have those things 
maybe in place to like get rid of it. And then, okay, my head's clear. I'm going to solve this problem. I feel better. Let's, let's get back to it tomorrow. What does that look like for you? For me, I would have to say it's, it's my colleagues. Uh, we even have a principal chat room <laughs> and there's certain people, you know, the ones that you get along with the most uh, because there's that chat room for little things. And the, that's usually like the first step. If it's something simple, like a quick question, like, Hey, do we have a meeting today? Cause sometimes you know how it goes and then they throw meetings last minute, whatever it is, whatever little question. So they're, they're, they're very good at supporting. Now, if it's something a little bit more that I really need to, you know, that it's a big issue that I want to go ahead and get some expertise and I have my top two people that I will call or that will get together, like either I'll go to their house and sometimes just talking it out solves an issue. So that's what I, I would say, like uh, having a support system. And by that, I mean somebody in the same position that you are at because Sometimes it's different. I do have friends that are at different levels, right? But it's just not the same than when you're living it. Yeah, until you're living it, until you're sitting in that chair, it's like you think you know, but you actually have no idea. No idea. Carla, if you could choose one person, alive or dead, to spend the day with who's not a family member, who would it be and why? That's a hard question, Adam. Yeah, we don't ask easy questions here, Carla. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, I don't know that that's that's a good that's a good question. I haven't really ever thought about it. Um, I guess if I had to choose at this point in time, it would have to be um, our last superintendent. And just because he recently passed away. Um, but he was such a beacon, you know, like I got actually into administration because of him. He was a motivator. He was a motivational speaker. Even the, the degree that I pursued in the doctorate degree and the superintendency certification is where he got it from. So if I could spend the day, you know, to kind of just talk because we miss him and, and he served our community for a good amount of, of years and, and then uh, I think it would be him, Dr. Nelson. Dr. Nelson, shout out to uh, Dr. Nelson. Thanks for being just a huge impact on, uh, on people. Carla, a huge part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. So I'm just gonna pass the microphone over to you to close us out. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? Um, well, if you're in education, I first of all wanna thank you for what you do. I mean, I'm here with you every single day. The service that we do is important, but yet difficult. So keep on at it. Um, there, you know, my, 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 my grandfather had a, a saying that nothing worth doing is easy. So this is definitely it. It is not an easy job. It is not an easy task but it is so rewarding. Um, and, and as much as we go and hear all the noise dealing, cause it's so, a lot of it is noise, you know, that, you know, we need to pay more and then there's a teacher shortage and all these things. But I think what at some point the community forgets is that without educators, we don't have a backbone to a community. So what we do is important and what we do is necessary. But 
it doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk our truth. We should still let our voices be heard because it is important that they understand the need for it and how important we are to our society. So yeah. that's just my my thing to everybody. I cannot agree more. Dr. Carla Pena, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had so much fun chatting with you today. I know uh, life is busy as a principal, so thanks for carving out some time. Everybody listening, thank you for all that you do, and I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.